welcome back to you glow girl i hope you are doing so good today um so let's chit chat quick update uh, i did tell you last week last episode that i was supposed to be going to a functional medicine doctor about my hormonal acne and my gut health but that doctor ended up being sick that day so they rescheduled it and now i get to go in this week so fingers crossed that i actually get to get into that appointment and get some answers um, I know some of you DM'd me and said that you wanted follow-ups and you were asking questions about it. Unfortunately, I have not made it in yet. I am supposed to get in this week, so fingers crossed that we get in and then I can kind of tell you guys how that went because I know a lot of you are interested in the functional medicine realm, but there are a lot of questions because they don't fall under the like same blanket of regular medical doctors. They are regular medical doctors. Let me just clarify that. And then they get additional schooling and additional education to become functional med doctors. So they do go to medical school, the same medical school that anyone else would go to as a doctor, but then they go on further and try to find the deep rooted issues at hand instead of just band-aids with medicine and pills and whatever else that you might get from a regular doctor. Um, but again, some people are questioning like the cost of it, stuff like that, because it's not covered by insurance typically. And I hope to have some answers for you guys, but as of right now, I just don't have them. Um, I'm kind of on a body overhaul for 2024. Currently, I'm doing like low impact cardio while I try to reset my transverse abdominis or my deep core muscles. My like lower belly pooch, my fupa is out of control, but it's also just weak. So I kept thinking it was just me gaining weight there, but I actually am now thinking that my lower abdominal muscles and my TA muscles and my pelvic floor muscles are all just so weak that it's causing my lower belly pooch to be worse than it maybe would be if I was stronger. My six pack muscles, like the top layer of abs, is really, really strong. My abs are <laughs> super strong, but my TA muscles behind that, so the transverse abdominis muscles that are my deep core muscles, those are super weak. And I'm, I've been going through a lot of different deep core exercises and like really using the mind-muscle connection to try to figure that out. And it, it actually is like kind of crazy because even just the act of like sitting up out of bed in the morning, you should be using your TA muscles, your transverse abdominis muscles. Um, but the majority of people actually like they have that's weak. So they start using their six pack muscles. And I just this little tweak, like when I'm focusing on that, I'm crawling out of bed and 100% I'm only using my six pack muscles and not my TA muscles. So I've been trying to like rework that kind of stuff and restructure that. I am gonna start cutting back on my portion sizes too because I literally just eat like a horse all the time. I eat enough to sustain a man that is like 230 pounds of muscle. It's It should be embarrassing, <laughs> but I, I eat like a horse and I am gaining a little weight and I don't love it. Like sue me okay I, I i don't i don't really get on board with like if somebody says they want to lose weight i don't really get on board with just saying oh no you don't need to do that like that's fine if they don't want to lose weight but if they do you also need to support that um unless they obviously have an eating disorder or something like that then they need help but that's a different story that's a different realm altogether 
but basically I'm working on my mobility, lots of stretching, foam rolling, mobility exercises while I work on my deep core. And then once I get my deep core kind of reset, then I hopefully plan to go back into like calisthenics and weightlifting and hopefully kind of shape my body back up a bit. So that is my current health update for you. (laughs) And in other news, um, Social media is such a roller coaster. I literally will make a video that I think is so great and I'll literally put so much time in it, time and effort into it, okay? And then it'll get like two views and crickets and no comments and (laughs) then I'll make a video that has nothing to do with anything else on my page or anything that I could possibly want to talk about ever and it'll pop off. And like the perfect example of that is my highest ranking video on TikTok has 6 million views And it's a video of Devin, my husband, petting a chipmunk. But it's not like I can just go out and have Devin pet wild chipmunks every day. So it's not easy to recreate something like that because everyone says once a video pops off, then you just need to go recreate that in a thousand different ways. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me just take my husband on a walk and let him pet wild chipmunks every day. Like it's not going to (laughs) happen. It's not going to happen. And my entire brand is literally built around fashion and beauty. So everyone tells me just make stupid videos. And when one pops off, then you like take it and go viral with it. But what is the point? Because if I'm making like a stupid video about, I don't know, farts or something, then people are going to come to my page expecting more of that. And my entire brand is built around fashion and beauty. So realistically, the best way for me to pop off is to create a fashion or beauty post that that then goes viral so that when people come back to my page, they'll see fashion and beauty stuff and they'll want to follow me. But it just doesn't seem to, you know, ever work that way. And I'm, I don't know, my thrifting videos have been pretty popular on Instagram which is nice because I've thrifted forever, but I just never shared it because it wasn't linkable. And I just felt like I was kind of a product pusher, which is so annoying to me now. But if it wasn't linkable, I was like, oh, this isn't beneficial to anyone. But the reality is like, we're about to go into a freaking recession and everybody needs to know how to thrift because we're all going to be broke and like the world's going into another great depression, right? Okay. So anyway, my thrifting videos have been doing well, but I'm just constantly on this stupid battle of being a micro-influencer and some days I want to quit and do something else and other days it's the only thing I want to do and the only thing I want to chase and I love it. (sighs) It's just a constant battle, which actually makes – this is like the perfect lead-in to today's episode because it's going to make so much sense for you that I said that after today's episode. Um, Let me do my gratitudes really quick and then we'll just get into it. So my gratitudes today are, I went simple because I do kind of have a little bit of a longer episode, I kind of think. I hope not. I'm going to try to be quick about it. But I'm so grateful for phones, laptops, chargers, that realm of technology. I know a lot of times that these things get a lot of flack because we're constantly on them and maybe they hurt our self-esteem or whatever. But at the same time, these things allow me to connect with people that I want to stay connected with. I can just text a friend or like anyone that I haven't seen in months or people that live across the country. I can shoot them a text and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Okay. I love you. This is this is where we're at and I miss you. I hope life's good for you. It helps me stay connected to people that I want to stay connected with. It allows me to connect with people on Instagram all across the United States. I have so many friends on Instagram 
It allows me to work remotely. This is also a big deal. A lot of people don't know that I do social media for clients. I guess I should probably tell you guys that because I went back to like the social media micro-influencer thing. That's just like a side hustle that I'm trying to get to pop off. But in the uh, grand scheme of things, I actually run social media for other people. So I help them create content and I help them manage their social media uh, profiles, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, blogs, whatever, um, all the things. So laptops, phones, chargers, these things allow me to work remotely. And I just love that because I am not like an office corporate nine to five, eight to four girly. I just, I can't do it. And honestly, truly today's episode is going to prove that for you, but these things just provide us with so much and we take them for granted. So that's my, uh, first gratitude of the day. And my second one is that I am so grateful for my house. It is freezing cold outside. It has been raining nonstop, disgusting, gray, dreary. Ugh, okay. Flip the script, Michael. It's been so cozy. It's just cozy, cozy season. I just want to curl up on the couch with a good book and a nice hot tea and just like be so cozy in my house. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm grateful that I have a warm and dry place to stay despite me constantly wanting better in my house because I am that person that's constantly like, oh, I want to tweak that. I wish I had this. I want to clean that. I want to redo that. And despite all of that, despite me constantly wanting better, my house is actually very, very cute and I am so grateful that I have it when a lot of people maybe don't, maybe they don't have a space that is personal to them. Maybe they don't have a home and they can only rent and they can't do things that they want to do, or maybe they can't afford it at all. And then there are a ton of homeless people on the streets, like literally so grateful for my house. Everyone should be so grateful for their house. Okay. That is all the gratitudes today. I wanted to keep them um, pretty light. Just sometimes I, I, I get too heavy with those, but also this episode is kind of, this episode is long-winded. Um, so let's just get right into it. Last week, I mentioned that I was going to be talking about me being a multi-potentialite and how I found out about this, etc. But I was also going to include some stuff on human design. There's like what your human design is and the different realms and what they mean. But after I got started on this multi-potentialite, like my notes and stuff, I realized that this episode was going to be way too long and way too mentally complex and like mentally draining. So I decided to postpone human design discussion for another time. All right. So multi-potentialites. Leading into this, um, the reason I went on this route is because I am a multi-potentialite. I just found this out and honestly, it's probably life-changing for me simply because my brain, I always feel like it doesn't work the same way that other people's do. And I, I constantly describe myself as a black sheep. Like no matter what I do, it's like how I'm thinking doesn't seem to be the same way that other people think. Okay. So what is a multi-potentialite? A multipotentialite is the psychological term for somebody that has multiple or a plethora of talents, passions, and interests. So think of the phrase, jack of all trades, but the master of none. Um, by the way, that that phrase, I've only ever heard it as jack of all trades, but the master of none, but it actually is more like jack of all trades, 
the master of none, but I'd rather be basic. I'd rather have like all these talents than only have one is essentially what the the phrase says. And I never knew that. I literally thought because people would like almost insult me with it by saying like, oh, you're kind of the jack of all trades, the master of none. <laughs> it's like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, and another uh, term used to describe a person like this is kind of like a neurodivergent, um, which refers to people whose neurological makeup is distinct from the norm. These people often process, learn, or behave differently than the majority of the population. Uh, autism is a good example um, as a form of neurodiversity. Basically, it's just the difference in the way that people's brains work. There's no correct way that a brain is supposed to function. Instead, there's just like a wide range of ways that people perceive and respond to the world. So a total of 15 to 20% of the world's population is typically considered neurodivergent. And then 10 to 15% of the entire population is considered a multi-potentialite. So in psychology, a lot of times they refer to you as like a multi-potentialite neurodivergent, which is such a, a long term. Also, before we get any further, multi-potentialite is um, the douchiest name <laughs> you could possibly come up with for this, okay? It feels so condescending and so elitist, like oh, well, I'm a multi-potentialite because I have multiple potentialities. <laughs> like It's like I'm saying I have way more potential than you do, sis, so sit down, please. There actually was a study that said multi-potentialites, they have the ability to be the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. However, they also have the highest like struggle to do so because of things I will explain as I go on. But I just wanted to say like, I did not create this name, okay? Me being a multi-potentialite is not me being an elitist and saying, I'm just so much better than you because I'm a multi-potentialite. <laughs> like, why, why do we have to simplify it so much? They were like, oh, you have so many like opportunities. You have so much potential is essentially what it is. I mean, at that point, just call me a so much potentialite. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. The, this elitist name is douchey, and I 100% agree with you. <laughs> I'm not trying to flex by saying that. So think of a chef who takes all these crazy ingredients and then blends them t together and creates some new and different recipe, but it's like insane. It's delicious. Multi-potentialites are very, very, very good at creating new ideas out of seemingly nothing or out of like a plethora of topics and thoughts. So... We're extreme overthinkers. This makes us very, very good at problem solving, and we can seemingly always come up with a solution to everything. This actually annoys some of my friends because they'll give me a problem, and I automatically, I have a solution. I have multiple solutions, and maybe they don't want a solution. They just want to vent, but my brain has already come up come up with like five to 10 solutions to your problem and I can't grasp my brain, sorry, cannot grasp why you wouldn't want a solution because I am the person who, if you give me a concept, I'll come up with five business ideas. If you give me a problem, I'll come up with five solutions. I'm the person that can generate those things very easily and sometimes people don't want that and my brain doesn't understand that. My brain is like, why would you not 
I'm giving you a solution. Like it's right here for you. Why are you not taking it? <laughs> um, multi-potentialites, we always have solutions. We always have advice because again, we can generate tons of ideas out of any topic. And on that note, we're actually really good at coming up with ideas and solutions and advice and business ideas that help other people more than we're capable of doing that for ourselves. I can spit out a ton of options for you because I don't have to think about moving forward in that task. All I have to do is generate the solution for you and then I have no other job after that. So that part's easy for me because that's the end of the road for me. I don't have to do any action. There's no follow through. I don't have to do anything after that. It's up to you. More examples of this would be like, think about people who are like in the middle of an idea and then they suddenly come up with another idea. So a good example of this would be somebody who's like writing a song or writing a book and midway through that, they suddenly have this grand idea for a new song or a new book. So they jump over and they start working on that new project immediately. They didn't finish the first project, song, book, whatever it was, that was also a great idea. But now this is the new great idea and it's in their mind. So they need to go and get it started and get it functioning while it's fresh in their mind and while they understand their thoughts behind it. We start a million projects and we rarely finish them because we move on to the next project. We tend to be task switchers, project switchers. Um, a lot of people see us as somebody who starts new things all of the time, but we never finish them. We have a million different things that we want to do, a million different things we want to excel at, which this is also ironic because quite literally, I'm pretty sure it was the day before I found out that I was a multi-potentialite. I had posted on Instagram and asked people like, does everybody have like this insanely long list of things they want to do and things they want to be good at and excel at? And I don't mean things they want to do like I want to try out this new bar down the street and I want to add Australia to my bucket list. I'm saying like I want to learn how to make sourdough bread. I want to learn how to sew. I want to create a business where I create fashion pieces out of thrifted articles that I have found where I like combine them and create something else. I want to write a book. I want to blog every day. I want to create TikTok like TikTok videos every single day. I want to excel in French, like things that take a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of practice. That's what I'm talking about. We have a million different things that we want to do and excel at. Um, we come up with new ideas all the time and the ideas are almost always brilliant. Okay. They're, they're usually great, great, great ideas. But either we, multi-potentialite, they have no desire to chase that idea or they do and then they get to a certain point after chasing that idea and they completely change to something else. And the rest of the world just doesn't usually understand these types of people because the rest of society and the rest of the world sees these people as a failure. And that, you know, really, really hits home for me. Like my entire life, I have felt like a failure because I don't, I don't always follow through with things. We, you know, multi-potentialites start all these projects, but they never kind of finish them type of thing. Often these people are very creative people with really creative brains. And again, we can generate a lot of different ideas based on any type of subject, but they often also change jobs all the time. They often have so many ideas 
that they don't ever really know what to do with all of them. And many multi-potentialites have said like they don't know what they want to be when they grow up, even when they're fully grown adults. And I am so guilty of that still to this day because I have no idea. Like I have a million things I want to be. And so it's so hard for me to just pick something and go full speed ahead and like finish it. The reason we don't know what we want to do with our lives is because we're not taking action. And the reason we're not taking action is because we're not making decisions. And the reason we're not making decisions is because we're scared of picking the wrong option. And the reason we're scared of picking the wrong option is because we're scared of wasting our time. And the deepest fear of almost every multi-potentialite on the planet, the deepest fear of these people is living our entire life without fulfilling our potential or finding our purpose. We are so terrified of wasting our time. And yet it's a paradox because we end up wasting a ton of time by never being decisive and chasing 10,000 different ideas at once. Like, excuse my French, but it's kind of like an endless mindfuck, if you will. It's the worst. <laughs> Multi-potentialites are known as divergent thinkers, and divergent thinkers can see with a very wide lens. We aren't as capable of narrowing this lens to focus on one thing very easily. So when you have a wide lens, you're looking at everything across the board, near and far. And all of those ideas are everywhere. And you're able to pick them out and run with them, but you're also extremely overstimulated. And you have a hard time focusing or just like narrowing things down. So just to give you an image to like see this in your brain, imagine a dog who is set loose in like a flat, fenced in soccer field and there are 3,000 rabbits that are set loose and they're running every single direction trying to find an escape from this fenced in soccer field. That dog might chase one rabbit but then immediately turn and chase another rabbit and then take off after the third and then the fourth and then the fifth and they can never focus on one single rabbit the entire time because there's 3,000 rabbits coming from every direction some just like slamming into the dog because they're just trying to get away from it. It's absolute chaos and the dog might have 3,000 rabbits to choose from, but they not, might not catch a single one because it, the dog's constantly changing its focus. But if you set that same dog loose in a field with only one rabbit, now the dog can focus and chase the one single rabbit. A multi-potentialite is the dog with 3,000 rabbits normal society, non-neurodivergent brains are the dog with only one rabbit. And also don't get this confused with like the average adult of having 10,000 plus thoughts in a day. That is completely normal for everyone. And that's not the same thing as neurodivergent or what happens for multi-potentialites. Because even though you have 10,000 thoughts a day, again, that's normal. You are not generating like you're not then generating five to 10 ideas or sidebars or different topics, separate topics from each of those 10,000 thoughts. So basically, all of this describes me to a T exactly. I'm the person who I will absolutely never settle for anything ever. And I think this is because I can see with such a wide lens and I have these super exciting, super brilliant ideas and I start them and then I dive into them and I get going into it and I can see with such a wide lens, the distance of where this will eventually end up 
And if I know that that's not where I want to be, then I'll just completely cut off whatever I'm doing because now I know that every single minute spent on this going forward is a complete waste of my time. And, you know, we just talked about that being the biggest fear of a multi-potentialite is never fulfilling their potential and wasting time. So basically when I see something long-term and like I take off into something, I think it's a great idea. It's brilliant. I love this. I'm diving in head first. I get going into it and then I kind of see where it's taking me. My mind can see the distance of where this is going to go long term. And if it's not, if the end result is not what I want, then I know that any moment I spend after this is a waste of my time. So I have to completely cut it off and switch directions. Whereas other people might want to finish what they're doing or they take a long time to think about it, which is totally understandable. I just don't function that way. And my brain tells me that I'm wasting my time and I'm an idiot if I spend any more time doing this and that life is extremely short and why would I waste any of that time on something that I know is not for me? And this also explains why I job hop. I've quite literally had so many jobs over my life. I've, oh gosh, waitressing, bartending, coffee shops. I've worked in clothing retail. I've worked on farms. I worked at a winery tending the grapes. I've worked in a lab at a university. I worked in a zoo. I worked in construction and house flipping jobs. I worked as a real estate agent. I worked in vet clinics, uh, three different vet clinics, as a vet technician and a surgical assistant. I've worked in dog boarding facilities. I've worked in gyms as a personal trainer and fitness instructor. I, during all of this, have been a photographer on the side. I've managed um, multiple medical spas. I joined an interior design design team, like just doing Christmas decorating. Um, And most recently in life, I've been doing social media for a plethora of different clients. But even then, the clients are constantly changing and rotating. So it's I'm always doing something different or working on a different topic because every client that I'm running social media for has a different area of expertise and that's what I'm learning about and working on when I'm working with that client. So constantly changing jobs, but even today, even though the last few years I've been doing social media, it's constantly changing and constantly rotating because my clients rotate and what they work on in a professional manner rotates. So I'm still in a way kind of job hopping. Um, And I mentioned this on a podcast in the past where Of course, I didn't know this information at the time, but I have said that I'm a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And my whole life, I saw this as a weakness. I was always good at everything, like not to brag, but pretty much anything that I try, I'm good at it. I'm just never the best at it. (laughs) And I feel like I'm just kind of average at every single thing, even though I can pick it up easily and start it easily and I'm good at it right away. I can figure it out right away. I'm probably never going to be the best at it. And as somebody who has kind of this success complex and this underlying need to be perfect or to be the best at something, this was really, really hard for me. And this is so hard because neurodivergent multipotentialites, our self-esteem is directly linked to our productivity and success. This is another thing that just like triggers and sends me home so hard because I know I've said this a million times on this podcast and on my social media that I have a success complex. And like if I'm not successful at something, I 
I hate myself for it. I feel like a massive failure. I just constantly feel like I'm, you know, worthless. And so as a multi-potentialite, when we switch tasks and ideas constantly, when we change jobs constantly, when we change projects constantly, we aren't productive. And then we beat ourselves up and we tell ourselves that we have no worth and no value. And this is like the entire premise behind our personality and our brain. (laughs) We're caught up in this endless cycle of not finishing out ideas and then mentally just like mutilating ourselves. And this has a huge impact on our confidence. And I know this is getting wild and going all over the place because I just told you that I'm a jack of all trades and I'm good at everything. And that sounds kind of cocky, if not confident. But for the most part, I am a very confident person. And this is also due to a shit ton of personal growth and personal development and self-development and deep diving into fixing myself, if you will. (laughs) But anyway, multi-potentialites, like we're pretty confident in the fact that our idea is a good idea. It's figure outable. I can do this. It's brilliant. I'm brilliant. I'm good at everything I try. But it also hits the lowest of lows because I have this success complex. And I link my productivity to my self-esteem. So I can hit rock bottom telling myself I'm absolutely worthless. There's no point of me being on this planet. I absolutely have no value. I bring no value to the world. Like I have had so many moments of thinking those things and it is 100% related to all of this. It's I 100% relate my depression to my success complex. I can't successfully do the thing I want to do. So I hit rock bottom and suddenly I realize I bring nothing to the table. I have no value, which of course is only, you know, exacerbated by society constantly telling me that I can't finish anything, that I'm a quitter, that I bring no value to the world. And very few of the jobs that I've done in life have been portrayed by society as jobs that provide a lot of value. Aside from when I was you know, going to school to be a veterinarian. And I guess even when I was working in the vet clinics, people thought that was so prestigious and I was exceptional and, you know, you're going to be so successful. You must be so smart because you're going for veterinary medicine, all of these things. And I could see while working that I was going to be miserable in the long run and that the end result was absolutely not what I wanted. So when I left that, it was a huge blow to my confidence and my self-worth because everyone around me that not not my not my parents and not like my family, but other people who are directly related in my life or like coaches or just people that I I put I put weight behind their opinion for whatever reason, they thought I was so prestigious doing the veterinary medicine and I was exceptional and smart and all of these things and I was thriving on that. In the moment I left, everyone reacted like, oh, what a bummer. So sad you threw that all away. So sad you threw your entire life away. Oh my gosh, like what are you going to do now? You're going to be a personal trainer. You're going to be a fitness instructor. Please. Like you were going to be a veterinarian. You were going to make so much money. You were going to be so successful. Despite me literally being suicidal while working that job. <laughs> Which, by the way, is one of the reasons that I'm a massive hype girl and a huge proponent of always making people feel like they're fucking awesome because there are so many times in my life where people have made me feel like I wasn't. And that feeling fucking sucks. 
like I'm sorry, excuse my French. I probably should put a disclaimer on this episode because there's several cuss, <laughs> cuss words in here. But that fucking sucks, dude. When people make you feel like you're not awesome because of whatever you choose to do. So I go out of my way to compliment people and find the things that make them great. And I celebrate no matter what your job is. If you're a part-time middle school football coach and a stay-at-home dad, I think you're the coolest person in the world and your job's fucking awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being that role in society. Thank you for your position. Thank you for your job. It is 1000% needed. Society would not function without you and you add so much value to this world. So yeah, just I'm very passionate about making other people feel like they're fucking awesome, okay? Because you are. I don't care what society wants you to believe. But back to my jobs not holding value by societal standards. Even now, I work in social media, and the world is so split on social media. Some people understand the value that social media and content creation can bring to the business, but there's also a ton of people in this world who tell me that social media has no value. It's a silly little worthless waste of time. And when people say this, it hits me like I am the thing that has no value. I am the silly little waste of time, and I don't bring value to the world. And this is something that we see all over the internet. People saying content creation isn't a job. Social media is stupid. Influencers are dumb. And as somebody who really kind of hits their stride in this area, it's a really hard pill to swallow knowing that most people don't see the value you bring and constantly telling you to get a real job. And on the flip side, it's also insane to me that being a content creator, social media influencer, working in the social media realm in general is one of the most lucrative careers in the world at this point. And yet it's laughable to most of society. And here's where my like angry lion starts to come out. But there are influencers out here working remotely, doing something fun that they love for a job, traveling the world, getting tons of products for free and making millions of dollars while they do it. And yet that's laughable in comparison to what the majority of the world is doing. And another funny thing to this is, this is where I'm going to be vicious. 99% of the people who scoff at content creation make the most garbage ass looking content I have ever seen in my life. And if they were to put 100% of their effort into creating the bomb ass content that these creators are making, it would still suck. So clearly, it's not as easy as it looks. And that's me fighting back, folks. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I get a little passionate and then I get mean. So my mouth can be vicious at times. I, uh, I try really hard not to be that person. Anyway, another reason that this has always been so hard for me is because the majority of the population, you know, has like this one track mind as far as you need to pick whatever career you're going to do. You need to go do that. You need to choose that career early on and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And you just need to work that corporate nine to five. Someday you get to retire and then maybe if you're lucky, you get to live a few years of your life with some joy. That's my extremely pessimistic view on corporate life. If you can't tell, it doesn't appeal to me at all. <laughs> but again, brain differences. Some people thrive in a corporate environment. That's exactly what they want in their life. Some people thrive on that kind of structure, somebody telling them exactly what they're supposed to be doing day to day. They love like just waking up, having their coffee, leaving their house, going to work, coming home, having their weekends and vacations and not having to think about it or work harder. Not that you don't, not that people in corporate jobs don't work hard, 
But I'm just saying like they don't have to work 80-hour work weeks getting their business off the ground if they work a 40-hour work week job. You know what I'm saying? But my brain doesn't function like that at all. Imagine for just one second being told by society that you have to pick one thing to do and then never actually being able to do that. That's what it's like for me. Society completely set me up for failure from the get-go. And I'll always feel like a failure because society told me pick one thing to do. And never once in my life have I been able to do that thus far. So this is a, it's a perpetual cycle, okay? And a, a ton of people don't believe, like when I, I also don't talk about my depression at all to anyone because it's not, it's just not me to talk about that. Like I'm not big on sharing my feelings, but I mean, this is something that I have dealt with my entire life. I get into these depressive bouts and suicidal thoughts of like, you bring no value to the world. You are worthless. You don't provide anything. The world is better off without you. Your husband's better off without you. Your family's better off without you. And this comes, this stems from society telling me, you know, pick one thing, be prestigious, do that one thing. And never once in my life have I been able to do it. Sorry that my voice cracked. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. But the majority of the population doesn't want change and they're afraid of change. So they're more than willing to settle. Even if they don't see it as settling, it's still their comfort zone. I, as a multi-potentialite, have a different comfort zone. My comfort zone is not settling. That makes me extremely uncomfortable. My comfort zone is the unknown and constantly chasing the high of life. And I'm not comfortable at all sticking with a job that I hate. As soon as I realize I hate something or that it's not good for me long term or that I'm not going to end up anywhere, back to the perpetual paradoxical cycle of me seeing that this is wasting my time and I'm, I'm, I hate the idea of that. I just can't do it. You know, I get to this point where this job is no longer serving me. I'm waking up. I'm dreading my life. I'm dreading work. I absolutely hate the idea of continuing to work here or work here in the future. My brain just completely shuts that off. And I will quite literally and have done this, turned in my two weeks on the same day that that feeling hits. And I know that um, people will want to bring money into this and I'm not even going to get there because I have quite literally quit jobs with $3 in my bank account when rent was due in a week. So I can't even attest to that. I just, in my mind, everything's figure outable. I'll figure it out. I also do not have children or anyone relying on me and my income. I'll rough it in the streets if I have to, because, you know, I'm by myself. Now I'm not, but at the time I was, I have a husband now who also can help me income wise, but uh, back then, I had no one. It was just me. And I straight up would have lived in the streets because my mind just can't do it. I can't waste the time working for shitty jobs that I hate or shitty people or whatever. And society hates people like this because the majority of the population doesn't function this way. So they see me as a quitter or a job hopper or just like I just do whatever I want with no consequences in the rules of society. Just, you know, don't apply to me. They just see me as somebody who can never follow through or can never do something fully committed. And that's not the case because 
if I do love something, I do stick with it. Look at fitness. It's been part of my life since I was 18. I'm in love with it. I have always found some way to incorporate fitness and nutrition into my life. And that's something that's always been steady for me. And I've always been committed to it because I love it. And I can see the wide lens and the big picture and the end game, the end goal of nutrition and fitness for my entire life. That's exactly what I want. I do want to be that person. And that is something I want to follow through on. So that's something that I can easily be committed to and keep coming back to full circle. So it's not that I'm not capable of attaching myself and finding things that I love and sticking with them and being fully committed. It's just that I can't settle when I know that it no longer serves me or that it will not serve me in the future. And because I'm constantly trying to find the thing or the one thing or the few things that really serve me and really make me happy and make me feel fulfilled. (laughs) And I feel different than other people because they either find their purpose way easier than I do or they don't have that same pursuit or drive that I do to find their purpose to begin with. And I know people who don't have dreams or anything in particular that they're pursuing. They don't have, they don't like openly state that they have a purpose, but like they don't care. They don't um, talk about a life purpose. They have no desire to find a life purpose. Again, totally fine. I know so many people who hate their jobs, so many people that hate their jobs, and then they just stay there. And for them, they can come up with all these like justifiable reasons why, but my brain can't do that. My brain cannot comprehend justifying my misery. And of course, money, benefits, things like that are completely vi- like valid reasons for sticking with a particular job, but my brain doesn't think my brain doesn't think like this is enough to keep me here. My brain thinks there are a million other jobs that can give me money and benefits. I I don't know, everything is figure outable in my brain. And being a jack of all trades has definitely helped me in these areas like many, many times because maybe I pick something else to make money to speed up my transition. Like if I want to quit a job and I'm like, oh, I can just go pick up bartending or whatever. Some people, you know, wouldn't be able to convince somebody to do a photography session on the side because they don't have the photography skills or they wouldn't be able to just hop into a bartending job because they don't have those skills behind them. Whereas I job hopped my whole life since I was 18. I've had like 50 jobs. So I do have those skills behind me. And this is another area where my brain goes back and forth and my cortisol is like through the roof because just like you, I need to make money as well. I need to make money to support my lifestyle and pay my bills and all these things. And I need healthcare and I need to go to the doctor. Benefits are great. But then I have the battle of my brain saying, okay, but figure out something else because you can't keep doing this, period. Now, again, I just want to reiterate that I don't think I'm special. I don't think this is I, – I do not think this is a good trait to have, like a desirable trait to have. It's hard. It's hard mentally. It's hard emotionally. It's hard always feeling like nobody understands you or nobody's on the same page as you. It's hard having conversations with people and you say something that makes sense in your brain, but then maybe it's offensive to them because they think it's stupid or in their mind it's not possible, whereas my mind thinks, of course it's possible. What do you mean? Of course it's possible. And this is also like in no way related to toxic positivity. I'm not trying to be the person who's like, you can do anything. I am an optimist, but there is a difference between being optimistic and being positive. There is such thing as toxic positivity and people who can't grasp when something is hard, whereas optimism is saying 
this is hard, but everything is figure outable. I will figure out what I have to do next despite this being hard. So I am optimistic. I'm not trying to be toxically positive and be like, you can figure out, you can do anything. I'm just trying to say it's figure outable despite being hard. And just because my brain can't always see life the same way you do does not mean that your reasons are not justifiable. They're 100% valid. And please know that if I ever tell you to leave your job that you hate, I am 100% doing it out of love. I'm not trying to be this asinine, annoying person telling you, just quit. I'm doing it out of love because, again, I can see the big picture. I can see the wide lens. And if you're miserable now, I promise it's not getting better. I'm doing it out of love because I know how short life is and I know how important having a joyful life is. And I just desperately want that for every single person that I meet. Your multi-potentialite friends probably can give you lots of solutions and lots of advice if you want it. So that might be somebody that you could reach out to. And I just kind of want to get this out there because it's a great way for people to know. It's a great way for people to know me as a person, but it's also just a great way for people to understand that everybody's brain works differently. Everybody functions differently. And this is why it's so, so damn important to not cast judgment on anyone for how they're choosing to live their life. And last, lastly, because maybe you're a neurodivergent in some way, or maybe you fit the bill of a multi-potentialite, or maybe... You just have, you know, a few things that I've mentioned on this podcast that you can resonate with and make you feel less alone. Because I will say that when I stumbled upon this via social media, no less, this came to me in an IG post and then I found a thread and then I found tons of people in comments and then I found lots of multi-potentialites and then people talking about it and then I went and researched it and all this happened to me because of social media. But it was so overwhelming to me that I quite literally cried when I read it. Because just for like the first time in my life, I felt seen and heard and understood in a different way. I felt like the weight of the world kind of like lifted off my shoulders, knowing that there are other people out there functioning the way I function and that maybe I'm not a black sheep or maybe I am a black sheep, but black sheep are fucking cool, man. It's okay to be a black sheep. And one of the things that I stumbled upon was somebody saying that society loves to say that quitters are never winners, but that's not necessarily true with multi-potentialites because quitting is what makes us a winner. We don't waste any time on something that doesn't serve us. So we're winning in life because we don't settle for anything. And I love that so much because it just literally validates everything for me. Like it, it validated my existence. It validated my success complex. It validated me, you know, not wanting to finish things after I start them when I know this isn't a good fit for me. It validated all of my job hopping experiences. Essentially, this, like I said, has just been life changing because it it straight up validated my entire existence to begin with. And I know I shouldn't have needed something else to validate that. Nobody needs that. We're all worthy. We all have so much value. We all bring so much to the table despite what our brain tries to tell us. But sometimes when you feel really, really alone in something, it's hard to see. And just knowing that you aren't alone can make a huge difference. And on that note, maybe this didn't resonate with you at all, but maybe somewhere else in your life you feel different than other people. And whatever that realm is, I encourage you to go to social media and try to find threads for people like you. Social media is also where I found the child-free community. 
And that helped me find kind of the child-free fence riders, if you will. I consider myself a fence rider because I don't have this innate desire to be a mom or have kids, but I'm also not against having kids. I've, I've quite literally just never had the desire to be a mom. And honestly, I think being a multi-potentialite has some sort of effect on this because kids are like, sure, it's a thought, but it's one of the 3,000 rabbits running through a field that I don't focus on that one thing and it's never been like the end-all be-all for me. And if I don't catch that rabbit, I don't care because there's 3,000 other things out here for me to do. But it's also like I'm not completely shutting that rabbit out. Basically, I have never had a desire or a pull in either direction one way or the other. And that being said, I've always felt wildly, wildly alone in this thought process. It seems like every single person I come across is either anti-kids, never having children, or they 100% without a doubt want kids. And I rarely ever meet anybody who's a fence rider with me. And it always feels weird. And again, another black sheep area. (laughs) But because I found this community of other currently child-free fence riders, I no longer felt alone and I also felt super validated. So whatever it is for you, there's a very high chance that other people in the world feel the same way you do. There's a very high chance that there is a community out there for you. And if there's not, maybe you should be the one to start it because there's no chance in hell that you're one in 8 billion people that have this problem or this thought or this issue. Start the community for all those people just like you. Okay, this is way too long. Um, That's all I have for you today. I know, no, no, that this was a wild ride and... I'm very curious to know your thoughts. I'm curious to know if you think of me differently, if you see me differently, if this episode caused you to think of somebody else. Um, Maybe you're thinking of somebody that you have judged for exhibiting behaviors like this, or maybe you've even judged me for it, and maybe it can change your mind or give you a little bit of perspective as to what somebody else might be dealing with. Or if you can't relate to it at all, but you have a different black, black sheep concept topic, I would absolutely love to hear from you. Vent to me, baby, because I got you. Okay, I love you guys, and I'll see you next week. Bye.